It's time for the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores. Capital Mazda, Stevens Creek Mazda, Concord Mazda, and Team Mazda. Hey, it's Shondell Grand. And right now, we've got a huge selection of brand new Mazdas with exciting spring incentives across our entire lineup. Plus, you can buy your new Mazda completely online with our exclusive no-brainer checkout. Don't miss the spring sales event at the DGDG Mazda stores in San Jose, Concord, and Vallejo. Welcome to the Stanley Cup Playoff Report. Here are Dan Rusinowski and Drew Remenda. The Stanley Cup playoffs and the National Hockey League season have come to a close. And in five games, the Vegas Golden Knights have won their very first Stanley Cup championship, fulfilling the prophecy that their owner, Bill Foley, made six seasons ago. Drew a pretty dramatic finish, a kind of an anticlimactic game because of the final score, 9-3. to three, But there was still a lot to talk about in that particular game. Yeah, it certainly was. And the... I get maybe the absence of Matthew Kachuk after the injury was revealed that he had a broken sternum um, after the big hit by Kolasar. He didn't play in, in yesterday's game, and that was maybe a factor in the fact that the Florida Panthers just looked defeated before during the, the first period. Um, the second period was the, was the period, though. Second period, the, the Golden Knights just took off. And something that Danny, you mentioned several times, and we talked about it several times, is the depth of the the Vegas Golden Knights certainly showed up yesterday. But also the other aspect of it, those core guys, their leaders, and and the big guy being the leader, one of the originals, and Mark Stone being the man yesterday, getting a hat trick in the clinching game. Last time that happened, I think, was 1922. Babe die. So when you look at the the best team winning, the best team winning because they had depth, because they had their core guys show up, because they had outstanding goaltending, and there was just really no rest or break, line after line after line from the way that the Florida the the Vegas Golden Knights played. Florida gave it everything they had. There's no doubt about yep. it. They they got a great run from Bobrovsky, who kind of revitalized his career, really, with the playoff run that he had. Kachuk uh, showing how valuable he is to a team. Aaron Ekblad uh, turned out, to, after some ups and downs, to have a very strong playoff. And, of course, you got Barkov, and you've got Verhage, and a variety of other players on that roster. But uh, the one thing that came down to it for Vegas, in mo many respects, was uh, that group of original misfits, as they like to call themselves, the mm -hmm. six guys that were on that team the very first year when they went all the way to the Stanley Cup final under then-coach Gerard Gallant and uh, lost in the finals. And it was kind of interesting to note that people were uh, seeing that Bruce Cassidy decided to start five of the six. He couldn't start Will Carrier because he could only uh, he couldn't put him in goal. But right. uh, he played the other five guys. And Cassidy talked about that after the game as to uh, as to his strategy with that. That was just something I, I got feeling this, uh, you know, I was walking my dog this morning. I said, I'm going to start those guys. It's a little different, something to get them a little juice. And I told him that, you know, I apologize to Will Carrier. And uh, so off they went. So there was a little bit of that, like try to get, you know, a little juice from the guys. And whether it worked or not, I don't know, but uh, they deserve it. You know, they, they, they laid the foundation here originally, the original guys and put the bricks and, you know, the, the first building blocks in place. What a moment for Bruce Cassidy as it fulfills a lifetime dream. And of course, one year since being dismissed by the team with the best record in the NHL, the Boston Bruins, and Cassidy obviously was feeling pretty good. 
Uh, well, it is. It's an emotional situation, right? You win a Stanley Cup, and it's all I've ever wanted is get my name in the damn cup. There it is. I'm happy for <laughs> the family and the Knights, and it's great. It's really terrific. Really is quite an achievement for him and for his staff and really for the Vegas organization. And and you can't forget about former Shark Aiden Hill. What a re remarkable playoff that he had, Drew. Yeah, he kept using the word uh, last night uh, on uh, Hockey Night in Canada and, and Sportsnet here last night in the, in the North. Uh, surreal. It's surreal, surreal. He he was happy he got traded because he he said yesterday that that he was happy he got traded to a team that had a chance that was that was going for the Stanley Cup and everybody gets that opportunity and it certainly brings up discussions about well um, what do you do about goaltending now in the National Hockey League do you need to spend your money on a big time goalie do you need to invest heavily in goaltending or do you just need to have quality guys um, that's going to be a debate that we talk about. As the future moves forward, I think the one thing that you you can't escape because we've seen it over and over again. Goaltender coaches are really important. Sean Burke, who has worked with so many goaltenders, is a goaltender whisperer. And one of the reasons that Aiden was able to play as well as he did when he came in as the third guy out of five um, was because of Sean Burke and working with him all year. And we're seeing we hopefully see that with Thomas Spear in the San Jose Sharks. But overall, when you look at the way that Aiden played, Danny, he didn't make any mistakes. And, and then he also made, I go back to that, that one paddle save in game one, when we talked about it as well, it reminded you of the Braden Holtby save of, save of 2018. That is, it's that one save that sparks your team. It's that one save you look back and go, there, right there. That's when we knew we were on, that we had a better chance than the other team. Big, big turning point in the series, just like that Washington Capitals Stanley Cup championship in 2018. And by the way, where did the Washington Capitals win their Stanley Cup championship? Um, I think it was Las Vegas, Nevada, wasn't it? Uh, it was the same <laughs> building that uh, Saskatoon native Chandler Stevenson won the Stanley Cup with Washington, and then he won it this time. Uh, with the Vegas Golden Knights. And in fact, after the game, he was talking uh, to his Vegas Golden Knights radio guys, and they asked him, well, which one feels a little bit better, the uh, the one in Washington, the first one, or the second one with the Vegas Golden Knights? And he made a, a well, a rather political answer. <laughs> um, I mean, they're both special. Um, you know, obviously the first one's your first one, and, um, you know, now to do it in front of, you know, the home crowd um, and, you know, to win another one is, uh, you know, special in itself on the ice he was reflecting on the moment he was traded to the vegas golden knights from washington and everything that's happened since yeah it's uh you know it's pretty uh crazy um you know since that that day um in coming here uh i mean it's just you know they uh you know really helped me out uh this team and uh you know really uh saved uh you know my career and um just yeah i mean uh it's been they let me uh get back to you know what i wanted to be as a hockey player and um you know how i wanted to play well how he wanted to play was exactly what the vegas golden knights needed drew he was a big time player through the playoffs i know jonathan marcheso got a pretty well-deserved con smite trophy but in my opinion chandler stevenson deserves some consideration for that too uh chandler he's a he's a great kid uh and i well he's a kid he's a he's a young man now but the 
the key was for the Vegas Golden Knights was that depth. The, the reason that we can talk about so many guys in Vegas winning is that shows their strength. And Chandler Stevenson was Stevenson was one of them. I mean, every game, this guy wins draws. Every game, this guy has this connection with Mark Stone that seems to work. Every game, he is a guy that you look at and go, oh, geez, there he is again, number 20. By the way, the atmosphere outside the building was incredible. Yes. That sea of people was really something to see. That was absolutely amazing to see all those people. That area, as we know, it's not that big, you know, and they were jam-packed in there. Yeah, it was something else. And of course, that that's a full marks to uh, the people who support the Golden Knights. One of the interesting things is that they're the one team that was founded in Vegas. You got the Raiders there. You potentially had the Oakland A's moving there, but uh, those teams weren't founded in Vegas. And of course, the one thing that disappointed me a little bit, and maybe I didn't hear it, was that nobody reflected back on the reason why number 58 was retired by the Golden Knights. And the fact I heard people say how much that the Golden Knights really needed it. I think the closest uh, that that came to that was from president of hockey operations, George McPhee, when he talked about just the meaning of everything. Well, it, 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 it was uh, pretty cool to get to the final in our first year, but it was, it hurt a lot to not win. Uh, we really wanted to win it that year for this city because this city needed it. And uh, it didn't work out, but we, we, we just, we didn't give in, we didn't give up. We, we dug in even more and, uh, and here we are. You know, to get to two finals in six years and four conference championships, it's, it's been a, a real statement uh, by this unbelievable organization that we work Certainly for. a statement to the organizational capabilities of George McPhee, who brought in Kelly McCrimmon to be the general manager. But that was about as close to that number yeah. 58 reference as we heard uh, out of all of the comments. And I, I kind of wish that maybe somebody else might have been a little bit more explicit, Drew. But still, uh, maybe the reason why I remember it is because we were there the night that uh, that terrible tragedy happened in Vegas. It was a preseason game against the Sharks. It wasn't even official yet. And we got on the plane to fly home. Everything was fine. And about an hour after is when everything started right near where we were staying. In fact, from the same yeah. hotel that we were staying in uh, the night before. So uh, that kind of hit home for me, too, to see all that. And I was glad at least that McPhee was referring to that because the city really did need it at the time. And it's a, it's a real key to the reason why the Vegas Golden Knights have become successful, not just because of the hockey team that they were able to put together with a nice uh, liberal expansion rules that Seattle has also enjoyed but also because uh, of the fact that that they uh, you know this city really uh, needed to get together and they did get together through the team. Yeah, very well said, Danny. That that team started in tragedy really with that mass shooting. Um they did a great job to remember the victims and everybody involved, the first responders and all the heroes involved. I remember that first game where they had the names it was very very touching and I, I think it, it was mentioned last night on uh, CBC on Hockey Night in Canada. You know, there was a, a, a team that, you know, their first foray into the National Hockey League starts with an absolute horrendous tragedy. But on the flip side, they honored the the victims. They honored everybody involved in that with the way they remembered them. And I think that will be. I think that will be brought up at 
at different times here in the future in these next few days. We continue now with the Stanley Cup Playoff Report on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. We are talking about the Stanley Cup Championship team, the Vegas Golden Knights, and the team that made it all the way, the Stanley Cup Final, the Florida Panthers. Goaltending is a huge part of what got both those teams there. Earlier, we talked about that huge save on Nick Cousins that Aiden Hill made in Game 1 of the Stanley Cup Final, so similar to the way that Braden Holtby did it for the Washington Capitals uh, against Vegas back in the year uh, 2017, make that 2018. But in this particular game, the final game, Aiden Hill had to be pretty big, too. Into the offensive zone. Here's a steal out in front. Lundell. Oh, a great save. Walker stop. Aiden Hill shuts down Lundell. Verhage is the player who's joined this top unit in the absence of Kachuk. Looks back door, finds his man. Kicked away. An aggressive left kick save by Hill. Challenging the left side of the crease. And the puck did not come on goal. Bennett across the line. Two men in his path, he peels away, looks left for Hagee, shoot, saved by Hill. Panthers get it in the zone, right toward the goal, Hill down to make the save, plus a collision in front, Hill holds his ground, Vegas coming to hit. Had never been in the Stanley Cup playoffs until this season, point shot, directed on goal, and Hill stays with it. Puck goes out to center, and one more ovation for Aiden Hill. Another patented steal by Stone. Now at the other end, a drop pass to Claire. Oh my goodness! A glove saved by Hill! No way! No way! Duclair with a goal on his stick. Looked like he had the back of the net right in front of him. Hill reached out to his left and stole it away. Aiden Hill was spectacular. And of course, that first one we played back on Lundell was a very big opportunity because what happened right after that, a shorthanded score by Vegas that was scored by Mark Stone. Yeah, absolutely, Danny. That was, you know, we always talk about key moments, right? Critical moments. And how often do we see a goaltender make a huge save and then his team go down and score a goal? And that goal by Stone really set the tone. I thought one of the other aspects of that that goal was the 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 relentless pressure that Vegas puts on a team, whether they have a man down or not. But that goal by Stone kind of reminded me of that, you know, that little Pavelski uh, delay, you know, how he always, Joe would come in on, on sure. penalty shots, on sh- shootouts, and do that little delay, right-handed shooter. Stone did it perfect, to perfection. Well, he just uh, was amazing. When you think about the season he's had, the fact that he was able to do this is more incredible. Six on five attack for Hagee high in the right, into the right circle. Bennett looking cross eye Stone intercepts. This time he sends it down in a waffle and go into the goal. It's a hat trick in the clincher. Mark Stone, the captain, makes it 8-3 Golden Knights with six minutes to go in the third period. It would, of course, end up 9-3 because of another late goal with about a minute to play. And then it came right down to the final part of the contest. And uh, certainly Vegas uh, celebrating it all the way through. But Aiden Hill making those saves. And after the game, he talked about what he did to change his game a little bit this season to make it even better than it was when he was last in the NHL in San Jose. I mean, like, I just felt like I simplified my game and our team simplified our game. We just played the way we needed to play and we played winning hockey. And yeah, I mean, best team in the world right now. So it's uh, it's pretty surreal. What was he thinking about when uh, the final 20 seconds of the game were ticking off? 
I was thinking about just getting my gear off, <laughs> getting the <laughs> stick out of the hand and the helmet off. But yeah, no, it was pretty surreal. I didn't know because the last 20 seconds there, we just waited with the puck. I didn't know when to take it off. But uh, yeah, no, pretty surreal. And uh, having that moment with teammates is unbelievable. How heavy was the Stanley Cup, by the way, Aiden? Can you tell us that? Heavy. I mean, maybe there's a lot of adrenaline going through your system, but uh, felt lighter than a feather. And also, Aiden Hill talked about what he was thinking as the cup went up above his shoulders. And that, obviously, is something we all want to know. This team, the city, my family, it's uh, hard to put into words right now. I won't settle in, I'm sure, for another month or so. But uh, truly remarkable what we've done here. We're really happy for Aiden Hill, the fact that he won the Stanley Cup. We wish it could have happened with the San Jose Sharks, Drew. But here's a guy that's been through quite a bit. I think that uh, your point about working with Sean Burke again together um, really helped him. And he also was able to deal with the, the real disappointment of the fact that he was essentially, I guess, the number five goalie. They didn't even yeah. intend to play him during the year. The most disappointed guy is Logan Thompson because he felt he would be the guy that'd be in the nets. He probably would have been had he gotten that far. And Laurent Brassois, who also is certainly a good goaltender and helped Vegas win the Stanley Cup, ended up getting injured. That's why the opportunity happened. And I still think that the presence of Jonathan Quick as the backup goaltender probably was a soothing, calming influence that helped Hill, too. Easiest cup quicks ever won, that's for sure. No kidding. Um, and Phil Kessel, too. Yeah, and and uh, and Kessel, right. Uh, when, when you look at the situation for Vegas, like I said earlier, I'm not sure what it tells the rest of the National Hockey League when it comes to goaltenders. I'm not sure what it tells the San Jose Sharks. It tells the Sharks one thing. You were right on Aiden Hill when you took him. You were right on – because through the analytics, the management told us he has, he has great analytics because of the saves he makes, which are expected goal saves. Right, and the critical had, moment saves. He was there. Right. That's what Doug Wilson talked about when he brought him in. Right, exactly. So they were right on him there. And because of the situation last year, because of injury, because of I'm not sure what, maybe they just believe more in, in Kapokakinen. Um, Aiden was the guy that they, they dealt. So you were right in one situation, and maybe you were wrong in the other situation. I say maybe because you don't know when it comes to Kapu. But it certainly makes a difference in the way that you play in front of your goaltender and the talent you have in front of your goaltender. But overall, when you look at the Vegas Golden Knights winning this Stanley Cup, First of all, having 111 points was amazing using five goalies. And then you look at Laurent Bassois coming in to the playoffs. He was their number one guy. Laurent gets injured during the playoffs. And then Aiden Hill comes in. You had to have thought that within the ranks of the, the Vegas Golden Knights coaches, they're going, oh, boy, this is going to get tough. But it didn't. It didn't get tough at all because the players played the right way in front of them. And Aiden made the hills and as we, Aiden made the saves, I should say. And as we talked about, he didn't make mistakes. He didn't let that one go through that at the right time with the right save, it sparked his team. That's the key to great goaltending, I think, in the National Hockey League, especially during the playoffs. And of course, it poses the question as to what do the Sharks do at this point? Uh, right. You know, you've got the opposite strategy in a sense on the Florida side that in a way didn't work out. And that is that Sergei Bobrovsky makes $10 million a year. They spent a lot of money in that one position. Maybe the strategy isn't to do that as well as Bobrovsky ended up playing. Alex Lyon started the playoffs for the Florida Panthers. Yep. Yeah, and, and you saw that 
in the Boston series, Alex Lyon, according to Paul Maurice, why did he make the change? Well, they were down in the series, so he made the change. And he said that Alex had given them the heck of a run late in the season, had started, what was it, 10, 12 games in a row. He thought he looked fatigued, so he bought him Bobrovsky. Bobrovsky was terrific for the most part. But then they ran into a better team. They just, I'm, I'm, I thought, you know, did did Sergey lose his, his mojo? Did he did he revert back to his old ways since he signed that $10 million contract? No, you have to give the Vegas Golden Knights credit. They were a better team. That's all. And plus, man, his D, his D, and again, because of the Vegas Golden Knights, the way they played, his D just could not own the inside, couldn't be, couldn't do inside in front of him. And, you know, that inside position between the goalie and the defender, Vegas always seemed to get there. Meanwhile, Jack Eichel also got there, had a very oh. terrific playoff, and he talked about his journey from Buffalo to trying to change his medical history to allowing that to happen to seeing what he saw last night. Best feeling, that's uh, it's all worth it, um, being here now and being able to celebrate Stanley Cup with these guys. Um, can't thank the organization enough and, um, you know, everyone um, from the... <clears throat> From the top down, uh, Bill, George, Kelly, you know, to all our tra athletic trainers, equipment guys, I mean, everybody just, everyone comes to work every day and just does such an amazing job and um, makes it that much more special to play here. And I don't think there's anyone more qualified than Drew Amenda to talk about the fact that Jack Eichel has hoisted the Stanley Cup skyward before Connor McDavid has. Your thoughts? So uh, yesterday, um, I had to take my daughter back to, and my granddaughter back to Edmonton from Saskatoon. And um, that was brought up on the radio several times on sports radio in Edmonton. And as we were driving there, I was listening to it and, and kind of going, yeah, interesting. Um, I will say this about Jack Eichel. When Edmonton rolled in there, when I was working for Sportsnet and covering other games, of course, whenever Buffalo and the Oilers met twice a year, we'd roll into Buffalo and somebody from Edmonton would always ask the question about Connor McDavid to Jack Eichel. And you could see it just irk Jack. And I, I don't blame him. I didn't no, blame him at all. And I had to do a national game between Buffalo and Edmonton. And I had to interview both Eichel and McDavid before the game. You know, that inside the glass type thing. And I talked to the the Buffalo press guy, and I said, "Is it?" I said, "I have to ask it." My producer has told me I've got to ask the comparison question. He goes, "No, don't worry about it. Jack's Jack's good with it now." And it was about his fourth year, I think, now in the National Hockey League. Uh, so I asked Jack the question. He gave a great answer. He goes, "You know, I'm always going to get compared to that guy." He said, "But it's not about." He said, "I get to play against him, and I get to up my game, but it's not about me against." Connor, it's the Buffalo Sabres against the Edmonton Oilers. It's always about the team more than it's about the individual. And I guess that's what I really want to get across. And Jack Eichel talked yesterday expansively about the team, the team, the team, and what the team allowed him to do. And when they won the game last night, after the hugs and everything, and the management came on the ice, one of the biggest hugs was from Jack Eichel to Kelly McCrimmon. It was really it was really telling, Danny, how the team supported Jack. And Jack talked about it was fun to come to the rink every night. It's about the team more than the individual. 
And oh, by the way, the doctor who operated on Jack Eichel also operated on Mark Stone's back. So obviously his stock has risen in the National Hockey League. <laughs> that was another big hug. Now, Kelly McCrimmon, Mark Stone was Kelly McCrimmon's captain for the Brandon Weekings for, I think, for like four or five seasons, for crying out loud. So that was another big hug. But what Mark Stone, was, boy, has he got the fire, right? Has he got the juice? Big time. That team, that team is a bunch of relentless, mean Sons of guns. That's why they're one of the best teams out there. But it 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 comes from Mark Stone. How often have we seen from the Sharks' point of view the leadership and how it affects everybody on the team? So Mark Stone was a, another one of those guys that you looked at as far as Selkie or as far as um, uh, Connor Winters. Yeah, he he could have been one of those guys that they talked about as well. We continue now with the Stanley Cup playoff report on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network. You have to talk about the other team, too. The Florida Panthers endured many, many injuries and all sorts of problems, and they made it to the Stanley Cup final only to lose in five games. Head coach Paul Maurice was very philosophical, talked about what he thinks that the team needs to take from the experience. What it can be like, and I don't mean in terms of winning the Stanley Cup, but what a room can be like, what a work environment can be like, when you find that the special, special group of guys, I, I, to describe the relationship, I would say they just love each other, like truly care about each other and connect with each other and Lord knows play through things with each other. Um, remember the feeling. It's not the moments necessarily on the ice, the goals. As a matter of fact, I don't think that's what it is at all with these guys. It was, they just care about each other. They just loved each other, treat each other like so well, so respectfully well, have fun with it, work their butts off every day. But it was truly a special year. I, I don't think that I can describe it to you very well. You have to, and I'm more of an observer to all of it than a participant in it to sit back and watch them. It's been, it's been spectacular. It's, it's, I don't know what the right words are for it, but kind of all the good things in this game actually aren't the game, right? Like the hockey's great. We love the sport, but the best it can be is in a room like that. It was a brilliant year. Reminds me of some years that the San Jose Sharks have, doesn't it, Drew? It really does, Danny. And I think he said so many important things there that he was just an observer, not a participant, because it's about the players. It's got to be about the room and the fact that the guys love each other. And I love that first part, what it can be. And um, I think he did a brilliant job in describing it, even though he didn't think he did. I thought he did, too. And he also did a pretty good job of describing what's ahead for Florida. Hmm. We're going to have a hell of a time making the playoffs next year. <laughs> That's a fact. Because it's hard. Because good teams miss. And if you come in feeling better about yourself because you've got to play two months longer, you're in trouble. So as soon as you learn to love the hard, we're going to have some players in that locker room that are beyond our roster, but they will not be in our opening night lineup. And we're probably talking two or three months. I, I got some guys that are going to have to take four to six months to heal. They are going to have surgery. So we are going to look different at the start. Um, 
think of what Colorado went through this year. With that, we're going to have some of that going on. So I won't. I'm not giving them that speech tonight. We'll get it in mid-July. He's one of the best at uh, describing oh. his feelings and his thoughts in the National Hockey League. Uh, Drew, um, what do, what does this mean for the San Jose Sharks as we listen to all of this? I think it means, Danny, you've got to have a number one. You've got to have a room that that loves each other. You've got to find that chemistry. It it depends on the people you bring in. It depends on the quality of human being, not just the quality of the player. It also is the fact of it's about more than, we'll go back to what Eichel said, we'll go back to what Paul just said. It's more than just about the individuals. It's about the collective. And the players have to eventually take over the team. It can't always be about the coach. Um, but it also means you have to embrace. You have to embrace the grind. You have to embrace the suck. You have to embrace the the absolute um, determination and willingness to be better and be more than just you scoring goals. It has to be about everybody excelling, not just the individual. Well, that's exactly that. That's exactly the way you have to put it. And you know what? I think we've seen some of the building blocks already set uh, for the Sharks with their coaching staff, with the leadership that they have on the team. And yeah, the Sharks uh, only had 62 points this season. But you know what? I I really think that that the the building blocks have been set for the future. And uh, 60 point season or not. Uh, the San Jose Sharks are going to be much better next year because of what they went through this year, because of that hard that Paul Maurice talked about. And he also noted that next year is going to be tough to make the playoffs for everybody. And so guess what? We get to look forward to all of that with development camp after the draft, followed by training camp. And of course, the 23-24 regular season. Drew, this has been great uh, doing the show with you during the Stanley Cup playoffs. And we'll have some more goodies over the summer as we approach training camp. But uh, any final thoughts before we close the show? I think you, I think Paul mentioned it. You mentioned it. Winning's harder than National Hockey League. And next year when we do this, buddy, let's be talking about the San Jose Sharks. And to the Sharks fans, thanks for listening. Uh, love all of you. We can't wait to see you again at the tank. May I echo all of those words to Sharks fans who appreciate the team so much and follow them so closely. We're looking forward to another great summer and a very, very productive 23-24. Until then, so long, everybody. You've been listening to the Stanley Cup Playoff Report on the San Jose Sharks Audio Network.